Welcome to the church at Indian Lake. My name is Christina and we have several great events coming up that you need to be a part of. We are so excited about VBS, held this year, June 24th through the 27th in the evening. We'll feed your kids dinner and teach them important Bible concepts to grow them spiritually. Take a moment to visit IndianLakeVBS.org for more information and to register your children or become an adult volunteer for this special week. This summer, we will have Camp Blast, our first ever kids camp for rising third through rising sixth graders. The camp will take place Friday through Sunday, July 19th through the 21st in nearby Castalian Springs, Tennessee. The cost for camp is just $50, and that includes all meals. So pick up your registration at the Communication Center or Mission Control and reserve your child's spot today. And men, coming up Saturday, June 22nd, is the first annual CIL Men's Barbecue. This will be a night of laughter, cornhole, and the best pork sandwich in the state of Tennessee. And this is not just for you. We want you to bring a friend with you. There's nothing like men getting together, so don't miss out. 242 groups are the name of our small group ministry. We'll be meeting tonight at 6 p.m. with groups both on campus and in homes around the area. All the groups are open for you, so pick up a 242 brochure today and try out a group tonight. And those are just a few of the many great things happening at the church at Indian Lake. Remember, you can stay connected with us 24 hours a day by liking our Facebook page and following us on Twitter at CH underscore Indian Lake. We'll see you next time. something that has been haunting me, it's been taunting me, it's caused angst in my family, it is the Rivergate Mall Carnival that comes every spring. <laughs> Have you seen this thing before? Every April or May, it sets up in the parking lot of the mall, and that means anytime we're in that part of town, there is emotional chaos in our van. This ride, these rides look so appealing and so good. And so I have done everything I could to avoid this fair. I have called it evil. I've said it's no fun. I said it's overpriced. But I have other relatives in the area who have taken my older children there. And they've discovered it isn't that great. So my youngest, my baby, he's nine and a half years old now. He had never been to this fair. And last month, we were down in that part of town. And it was just he and I. And I finally gave in and took him to his lifelong ambition, the fair. And the result was this face. I mean, this face. Does that not look like a kid who is pumped about the fair? So reluctantly, I went and I gave a $10 bill. I said, we're, we're going to start low. By the way, $10 only gets you two rides in the whole place. But I gave him a 10 bucks. I got the tickets. And we, we began to look and to see where we're gonna go. And this next picture, you can't see it as good as I can, but this is just the look of a child in wonder, thinking, wow, I finally get to ride the big Ferris wheel. So we get in the line, and we get to the front of the line, and it's time for me to give my tickets to the ticket taker. And all of a sudden, I notice that Lincoln's countenance has changed. 
And now instead of the look of anticipation and excitement, there's a look of dread. And he looked up at me and he said, Dad, I'm not going on the ride. (laughs) And after years of resisting the fair, years of telling him we'd never go, I said, yes, you are, son. You're getting on that carousel right now. I have $10 worth of tickets in my hand. So we eventually got on the ride and he actually ended up agreeing with me that it was a ripoff, so save your money. And if any of you own the carnival, I'm sorry about that, but man, it was bad. So here it was, God's people in Isaiah 41 had an incredible opportunity. I'm gonna give you some context here. They had been in exile, or they were in exile, not living where God wanted them to live. They were in Babylon instead of Jerusalem. And God gave them a word, and the word was, you're going back home. You're going back to the place that I want you to be, the place that I promise you. And it's good to get that word. It's almost like Lincoln, understanding you're finally gonna get to go to the carnival. But something happened. After they heard the word, they began to look around at the other nations surrounding them and the other armies surrounding them. And fear overcame them. And even though God had spoken the word and said, you're going back and I'm gonna take you back to the place you belong. Essentially, the children of Israel said, I'm not riding that ride. I'm not getting on. Why? Because of something I deal with and you deal with and every human being has dealt with who's ever walked on this earth. Fear. Fear is something everyone deals with. Some people are described as fearless and that is a a great adjective to give to somebody who shows courage. But the truth is no one's fearless. They may have overcome some fear or compensated for their fear or subdued their fear, but nobody is fearless. Everybody has fears. And so it was God's people who had heard the word, they had heard that God had something better for them, but there was still a challenge. One of the things that I'm learning is that when God's favor comes on your life, it doesn't mean there's not challenges still. When God's blessing comes on your life, it doesn't mean that everything is easy just because that happened. There are challenges. I felt called to be a church planter at one time. And I had the opportunity to be part of two church plants. And what that meant is over a period of nine years, seven and a half of those nine years, I did set up and tear down every Sunday, every Wednesday. And the cost of that is really, really light compared to what others are enduring around the world today and what others have endured historically. But it was still hard sometimes, putting out chairs, taking a sound system out, and then having an hour service and putting it all back again. Every Sunday, when I drive up the driveway to this building early in the morning, every Sunday I thank God for an opportunity to be in a church building. And I thank God that I'd never take this opportunity for granted. But God had called me to be a church planner at that time. And he, he answered that call and he gave me that opportunity, but then it was hard. It was hard work after that. Some of us, we've received jobs that we know, that we know, that we know that God has given us this job but there's still a learning curve at the beginning of the job. 
and it's still tough to learn the new skill. And it's still difficult to get adjusted to that new occupation. Just because God blesses you and gives you a miracle and gives you a word doesn't mean it's gonna always be easy. And that's exactly what God's people were facing when they heard the call, someday you're, you're going to be able to return back to your home. But then they looked at the challenge and went, uh-oh, uh-oh, I don't, I don't wanna ride the ride here. This is really, really tough. And God responds to that fear in Isaiah chapter 41 saying, fear not. Now, the, the phrase fear not is in the Bible. I'm gonna give you a statistic. Here, here's how often the phrase is in the Bible, a lot. Depending on what version you choose, it's just gonna be dozens and dozens of times. You can skim through your Bible and you'll, get, you'll see the phrase fear not, fear not, over and over again. God knew that we would have the challenge of fear and so we needed to hear him say fear not. So Isaiah 41, starting with verse eight. Isaiah chapter 41, starting with verse eight, it says it this way, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom... I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This phrase, fear not, is over and over in the Bible, and that's the word of the Lord for you today, fear not. And I also want you to notice that, be not dismayed. You see that at the beginning of verse 10? That word dismayed means literally this. Don't look around at each other anxiously. Now think about that word picture of a group of people just kind of looking at each other, not really knowing what to do. Have you been in that situation before? I was thinking about this this morning and I saw Doug Bagwell, who was in our first service, and it reminded me of a story about one summer that Doug kept my two beagles for me because we were trying to get rid of them. And Doug was gracious enough to take care of these dogs for a couple of months, but he just threw them in the cow pen with his cows and it wasn't a great situation for him. So we decided to go rescue our dogs who had been in prison on the farm. Bagwell called it fat camp because they lost a bunch of weight at this camp. But I go pick up these dogs. I thank Bagwell for it. I shake his hand. Everything's just feeling good. The dogs are really happy to see me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I've shown some compassion towards my animals who still live with me today and are very spoiled, by the way. Um, and, and so I open the door to the car and I take off their leashes and one of them jumps in and then the other decides to dart off. And all of a sudden we see Doug's, his wife's favorite cat there, our favorite kitten. And this story just goes wrong really fast because my dog catches the cat. And the next thing I know, he has Doug's cat in its mouth. And so we run over there, we pry it loose, and we have a bleeding cat sitting in front of us. And man, it's getting morbid. Sorry, we have a lot of animal lovers in here. I've never heard such gasp in the church. And I remember looking at this bleeding cat, at the cat. And I go, Doug, what are we going to do? In all his wisdom as one of the elders in my life, he said, I don't know. Because <laughs> I need to think about this. And so we just stared at each other. Now, the, the end of the story is this. The cat's alive today. Hallelujah. <laughs> but that's an example 
maybe a morbid example and maybe a bad example of, of when, you, when you stand around, look, you don't know what to do. You're dismayed. You're kind of anxiously looking about. The people of God heard the word, then they saw the power of the other nations. And the Lord said, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed. Don't just look around anxiously like you don't have any direction or don't know what to do. For I'm your God, and I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm gonna talk about my kids a lot today because I spend a lot of time with my kids in the summer, and I'm spending even more time with my kids. But I'm gonna have a dad moment with you here. I gotta brag on one of my kids, and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you ahead of time, don't clap because then that would be creepy if you clap in a way. But my daughter... We got a call the other day that she she uh, was winning an award at her school. So we go to the award ceremony, and they, they go through all of these different academic awards. And I'm thinking, is she going to win this one? Is she going to win this one? And the awards go all the way through until the very last award. And the principal comes and describes what the award is. And as a father, I'm going to have a proud father moment. He, The principal, she begins to say, this award is for a student that has the friendliest personality who doesn't gossip, who's an encourager, who best exemplifies the characteristics we're looking for in students. And so I'm thinking, wow, I'm very proud to hear this. And then she added one more description of this award that made it even more meaningful. She said, and the students in this person's grade chooses the winner. Now the gravity of that award was even heavier now because Abby had her peers pick her for what they call the Blue Gold Award at her particular school. So I was a very, very proud father. When we get chosen for something, we get chosen from people important to us. It's a good feeling. And think about that. I want you to think about a time you were chosen. And don't, don't say, I've never been chosen for anything. You've been chosen for something. You, you, you know, if you have to dig back to the playground when you were a kid, or maybe it was a promotion at a job you've had recently, there's, there's been some time you've been chosen, maybe for some type of leadership position at a, at a community club or at a church like this. You've been chosen. It feels pretty good, doesn't it? It feels great. You said, God is speaking to you today. He's saying, fear not. And there's lots of reasons why you shouldn't fear. But I'm going to give you three reasons that I believe the Lord wants you to know today from the scripture. Here's the first one. is fear not because I've chosen you. That's what the Lord wants you to know. Fear not that I've chosen you. Now, we could start comparing times when we've been chosen and kind of weigh or rank who's been chosen for something more prestigious or something more meaningful. There would be various opinions on that. But I want you to know this. Nothing you've been chosen for can compare to you being chosen of the Lord. And you have been chosen of the Lord. The fact that you're hearing this message today means you have been chosen of the Lord. God has chosen you. God has decided he wanted you. God has pulled you into his family. He's pulled you into his plan. He's pulled you into relationship with him. And he's chosen you for a reason. Now, I've talked to you about the value of a family. Family's very important. We have to protect our family relationships for a simple reason. We're stuck with our family. I mean, as much as we want to get rid of our family, we never really can. Eventually, we're going to have to see them again or be with them again. So, so family relationships are important because you inherit those relationships, and they're unlike any other relationship on earth, and they're special and unique. 
And that's why it's so hard when those relationships, you know, when they, when they go wrong. So family relationships are important. We value the family. But relationships based off friendship is also very, very special for different reasons. Different reason is this, is that you choose your friends. You choose your friends. They're, they're not chosen for you. You choose your friends. You probably remember when you were a kid when you had parents who wanted you to be friends with their friends' children. Are you following me? And it just didn't work out. Sometimes it does. But your parents can't choose your friendship. Friendship is like a reflex. It's like getting hit on the knee at the doctor. You just, it's a reflex. Your leg kicks up when you get hit in the knee. That's what friendship is. It just happens. You can't force it. Can't make it happen. Friendships just happen and you end up choosing your friendship. Now, before God told his people, fear not, he reminded his people of who they were. Let's go back to verse eight of Isaiah 41. It says it this way. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham. Here he is appealing to who they were. Look at this phrase, my friend, my friend. I want you to understand something. God, God has chosen you and he's called you his friend. God doesn't have to do that. He's not obligated. He is, by grace, has chosen you to be a friend. He goes on and says, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from as far this corner saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Why can God say fear not to you? He can say fear not because he's chosen you. It's his grace, his provenient grace, his grace that went out and sought you and brought you into the kingdom and brought you into relationship. If God chose you and by grace has brought you into the kingdom, then he doesn't want you to fear. He didn't choose you so you'd live in fear. He chose you because you're a friend. James chapter two, verse 23 echoes this. It says it this way. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. Isn't that beautiful? A friend of God. Not just a servant, even though we are servants of God. Not just a contractual obligation. That's not what we are to God. We're friends of God. We are his friends. Jesus makes this very plain to us in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, starting with verse 14, says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. God has chosen you to be his friend. You're chosen of the Lord. You need to hear that today. Why should you not fear? Because you're chosen of the Lord. You're a friend of the Lord. You're chosen of him. Now, if you're under the age of 15, I have a joke about choosing friends that I will tell you after church in the lobby. <laughs> I thought about telling it in service, and I'm glad I didn't, but I told three people in the lobby, so I will tell you a funny joke about choosing friends later. But what you need to remember today is God has chosen you. God has chosen you. And he has chosen you because you are his friend. 
few years ago, Beth and I took the kids to Cumberland Caverns in McMinnville. It's a little tourist trap, I mean tourist attraction there, <laughs> that now I've heard is a concert venue, but at this time it was still just a regular place to visit. And we're in the cave, and she's tending to the youngest, and I'm holding our son who was probably four years old at the time. And they explained to us that they're about to demonstrate how dark a cave is. Cave is so dark with no natural light, you can't even see the hand in front of your face. So they've kind of prepped us for this and I'm holding the child and I'm trying to explain what's gonna happen, but inevitably he didn't expect this to happen. All the lights go out and it's pitch black. And I squeeze the, ch- I squeeze the child just a little bit to let him know that I'm here but he instinctively asked a question in the darkness. Here's the question. Dad. And I whispered back to him, I'm right here. A few seconds later, again, Dad. And he touched my knee. I squeezed him a little bit and said, I'm right here. In that dark cave, when a fear came to him, he wanted to know the presence of his father was there. Here's the second reason God doesn't want you to fear. Not only has he chosen you, but God says, I am with you. I'm with you. Even when you can't see it with your physical eyes. Even when you have to ask the question, where are you, God? God says, I am with you. Look at verse 10 again. What does it say? Verse 10, fear not. Why? For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I'm your dad, I'm your father. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. There are times in our life, especially in the dark times, in the confusing times, when we can't see around us, when we feel all alone. And sometimes in those situations, we can't even articulate a prayer in a sentence form that would be what some people would say is an acceptable prayer. When you can't even say a prayer, if you can just say or even think in your head, Jesus, call out his name, thank his name. And you're gonna hear Jesus say, I'm right here, I'm right here. Father, dad, I'm right here. That's the promise of his presence. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if you go to the ends of the earth, which is the place of mystery, the place of the unknown, Jesus said, he'll be there for you. Why should you not fear? When God says fear not, not only has he chosen you, but he says, I am with you. I am with you always. God's presence is with you. God's presence is with you even when you can't recognize it. You call out his name and he is going to be there for you. Now, in this modern day, we have a lot of, of tools to help us understand our personality better. And this has been really effective in the corporate world. The disc test, the personality assessments. Uh, even here at the church, we've included this in our CIL forward process. We have a motivational gift survey where we take a test and we look at our motivational gifts according to Romans chapter 12. And... The, the thought behind this both in business and in ministry is let's help people find their sweet spot. Let, let's find out the things that people are gifted for and good at. And the idea is if you're 
doing what God has gifted you to do, then, then everything will operate at a more optimal level. You'll be happier. The organization will run better. It's a win-win. And so that, that has been very helpful in a lot of organizations and churches. But there are times when our gifting and our fulfillment and what we are intrinsically born to do doesn't really matter. What really needs to happen is just plain help. Like, for example, if you have a U-Haul in front of your house and you need to move furniture, you don't need people to be intrinsically fulfilled finding their sweet spot. You just need help, right? I mean, you find out who your friends are when you have an empty U-Haul in front of your house. There are some things you just need help for. Some of you ladies who have worked in the nursery, some of you have felt very fulfilled in the nursery. Others of you have just helped. Just We need help. We need kids watch. We need the proper adult to child ratio. We need sanitary practices within our nursery. We just need help. There's sometimes you just need help. This is what I love about this scripture. I love about this scripture is the help of the Lord. Here's the third thing God's saying to you, why you should not fear. Fear not, for I will help you. I will help you, says the Lord. I love this concept. I'm, I may even preach a whole sermon on the help of the Lord. I have that scheduled later on the summer. But verse 10 says it this way. Listen, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I love this phrase. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What's the righteous right hand of God? That signifies his justice. The righteous right hand of God, it means that God sees something that lacks justice in your life, that he's going to get involved. This isn't scripture, but it's a good way to remember this. God will get his hand dirty in your situation (laughs) to make things right in your situation. His righteous right hand will get involved in your situation to see justice done. That's what our God will do. Our God will help you. The help of the Lord. Some of us, we need his help. We need for him to get involved. We need for him to care about our situation. We need to know that he is with us. Can I tell you, the God who chose you, the God who called you friend, the God who is with you in the darkest hour, the God who is with you in that cave when you can't see, the God who is with you in the place of chaos, in a place of confusion, he is going to help you. That's what he is here for. He is our help. And that was the message he gave to people who faced really, really tough odds, who faced really, really tough circumstances. You see, the phrase fear not isn't just in verse 10. If you skim your Bible there, you'll see it again in verse 13. You'll see it again in verse 14. Fear not. And then it echoes to chapter 44. Let's look at chapter 44, starting with verse 1. But hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Here's the same theme again. Thus says the Lord, who made you, who formed you from the womb, and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant. Jeshurun, which is an affectionate term for Jacob. It's a loving, almost like a nickname. Fear not, my servant, whom I have chosen. Do you see what God's saying there? He's going to help you. He chose you. He's going to help you. I know. I know it's scary. I know what you're facing is fearful. I'm not denying that in the least. I'm saying that you've got a God who loves you, who chose you, 
who's present with you, who's going to help you. And that's the reason we can hear his voice that says, fear not, fear not. Romans 8, 28, you've heard it, you've read it, but we need to be reminded of it over and over again. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Look at those words on the screen. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I want you to pray with me. God, I thank you for your scripture today. God, your scripture is so good. It's a life to our spirits. Lord, your word is established. When everything else fails, Lord, as we looked at before, your word is established. It's what we can count on. And Lord, we trust it. We trust it. For some of us, trusting is easy this morning. For others, it's so hard. But God, you're the same God of us all. And Lord, we just need your help. We need your help. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us friends. You have chosen us. And that you're with us, oh God. God, we know your holiness can't tolerate sin, but yet you don't even reject us in our sin. You accept us and you change us. So we love you for that. We thank you for that. No doubt there are many fears in this place. Can I tell you how fear will leave your life? Fear will leave your life when love comes into your life. For the scripture says, perfect love casts out all fear. So the avoidance of fear is not a psychological trick. I don't want to just chant something with you or have you run across, across coals of fire, which would be really strange in church or anywhere else for that matter. We're not here to give a psychological boost. We're not here to have avoidance so you can not think about your problems for a short period of time and then all your problems come rushing back. You see, the replacement for your fear is a presence. It's a person. It's a God. It's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit of God. His perfect love casts out all fear. You, you need more of Jesus. You need more of Him. More of Him in your life. And the psalmist saying this, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. As the work of the Lord, the love of the Lord just wells up in your heart, the presence of God, as you become aware of his presence in your life, then all the enemies of your soul will begin to scatter. One of those is fear. Fear will begin to scatter. Disobedience, rebellion, and rejection will begin to scatter. A, a, a mindset of of self-destruction will scatter. God, arise, Lord. Arise in our midst. Arise in our midst, Lord. Would you stand with me? We've got a couple minutes left that I want us to respond to the Lord. And would you, as you participate with me in this, we're gonna just allow God's love just to settle over this room, to settle in our hearts the love of Jesus to come and replace all the fears that are suffocating us. Sometimes fear feels that way, like it's suffocating us. We can't even breathe. And, and, and we need relief. We need the Lord's relief. We need the Lord's love here. I'm gonna invite our prayer partners to, to go back to the wall. In your far left section, behind that section of that wall, we'll have some prayer partners that are available for you just to agree with you in prayer. 
then up to your left, communion tables available. There's also communion available behind the middle section. And if you choose to take communion today, this is what I want you to believe as you take what symbolizes the body and you drink the blood, what symbolizes the blood. You're taking in Jesus. You're taking in his love and you're letting that love, just, just believe by faith that love is replacing the fear and it's casting the fear out. So if you want to take communion, that's available. I won't give further instruction on that. You can take the elements and when your heart is ready, you're welcome to take that. Beth's going to lead us in some worship and we're going to believe that his love is going to come and drive out all the fear. Can we read verse 10 together one more time? Or you can read it on the screen. Verse 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will withhold, uphold you with my righteous right hand. The table of the Lord is open. Our prayer partners are available. Let's respond to him. Here's all. 
sometimes we can feel like everyone's against us but in the supernatural with God there's more for us than we can possibly imagine for he has chosen us and he is with us and he has sent his help and the armies of heaven are our helpers and it's rare that we'll see angels in the physical even though that is possible but in the spiritual they're at God's commission accomplishing the will and purpose of the Lord so Know this day you're not alone. I mean, the fact that you're at church today, you know you're not alone because we're here together, right? And in the spiritual realm, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you and he has commissioned his angels as your helpers. Amen, is that not good? Is that a good, good thing to know? You know, one of the ways to know you're not alone is to go to a 242 group. And so tonight, all those groups are available to you. Grab a brochure and invest in Christian community. Take a step tonight. You'll be so glad you did. Those of you who have gone on and off or those of you who have never been, jump in and just try a group out tonight. I know all of our leaders would love to meet you. And so you are welcome. You are welcome. And that would be a great thing for you to do. It would be. Our students are gonna be leaving this Thursday for their camp. They'll be gone Thursday through Monday. Let's pray together. God, I pray for our students, Lord. Let this be a special week. God, bring them back. We know you'll bring them back safely, but bring them back filled with your Holy Spirit. Filled, Lord, with love for you to be leaders and instigators of worship for this church. We pray that you would do a great work. God, do a great work in our, in our community tonight, in our 242 groups. We love you. We thank you for it. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace through Christ Jesus our Lord. I love you and Jesus loves you. Have a great week in him. That's what I need. Only you can save me.